Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 11, season two. Woo! <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. You've been here a while? Say it with me. Don't take notes. I've taken all your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my amazing food and product photography. It's what I do for a living. Shameless plug, but not so shameless. I love my job. I love my company. I love my world that I've created. You need pictures? I'm your gal. Shoot me an email. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all your food adventures on Instagram. I love seeing them at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. Woo! Right here we are, two weeks in a row. We did it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it is really nice to be back in the groove uh, in podcasting land. I love chatting with you guys, um, and I, I love I love helping you out with all of your culinary questions. This was super fun. I need to do more of these episodes for sure. So I know I surprised you at the end of last week when all of a sudden. The music stopped, the record scratched, and boom, here we were. I guess the music actually didn't stop. It started, and uh, it turned into a two-parter. When I was doing the editing, I saw how much Doyle and I, how rich our conversation was, <laughs> and how there wasn't anything I wanted to edit out or like edit down. And so instead of doing the super long episode, I was like, I'm going to cut this into two because... You'll come back for some more. And plus, you know, sometimes an hour and a half podcast episode can be a lot. So I know for me personally, my sweet spot in podcasting land, listening as a listener, anywhere between like 45 minutes to an hour is like my happy place. So I was like, that's where that's where this is going to fall. So anyway, let's jump into it. This this guy needs absolutely no introduction. <laughs> Here we are. It's my thing. It's who I am. It's how we flow. So um, if you were listening last week, then you know this episode is a two-parter. If you missed last week's episode, stop listening. Go back to last week's episode. That would be episode 10. Do it. Do it now. I'm kidding. Um, But anyway, we have a special guest on today helping me answer all of your listener questions. So here's part two of the two-parter with my bestie, you love him, Michael William Doyle. <laughs> um, Kath from Instagram writes, I'm getting into cooking and when I read recipes, I see a lot of them are calling for different salts. Is there really a difference between sea salt, kosher salt, table salt, and Himalayan pink salt? I mean, I've just heard for the health benefits, Himalayans like the new craze, but mm. I just stay away from, I, I buy either sea salt or now I just buy the Himalayan. Like I like the coarse yep. stuff, but I think, I think your answer would be more the, 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 <laughs> the science the, of it. Yeah. The science of it or like the coarseness is going to depend on what you're cooking. Cause it's going to match the sort of consistency you're looking for or the way it cooks and things sort like that Sort of. so there is a difference between all of that table salt right i'm professional yeah kosher salt uh and i believe himalayan pink salt are all mined from underground table salt is ground so fine that they have to mine from tables yes they have to add a caking agent to it oh. and then on top of that they have to add iodine so Table salt is the kind of salt that you find a lot of times in shakers in a restaurant, 
things like that. It's those, those, that salt is so salty. It's overly salty. So salinity yeah. and it's really high and chefs in the last probably 20 years have moved from other salts to kosher salt, because exactly the reason you just talked about, it's like pluckability, right? So you can, you can pull, you can pick it up in your hands. You can sprinkle oh. it. It's coarse. It's a coarser grind, but not all kosher salts. The salinity varies from kosher salt to kosher salt. So like, for example, the two most popular are probably Morton's, which is in the dark blue box with like the the yeah, it's the jawbreaker cover yeah exactly exactly when it pains it roars <laughs> the jawbreaker cover <laughs> i know that sure. you know that but other people might not know that let's, let's give us some punk rock cred out in the streets right so. yeah lauren's the, the jawbreaker cover yeah and so then the <laughs> the diamond so the coach sorry the morton's has a higher salinity it's it's just saltier yeah the, the diamond though um kosher salt is slightly less salty. So you can, there has, there's an element of control a little bit more when you're sprinkling in that sea salt, depending on where in the world your sea salt is coming from, it's coming from the ocean. So it's going to have a different flavor. Every single salt, every ocean is going to have a different flavor to it. Like that bottom Mm. line. So a lot of times with sea salt and like you see, some sea salt is like super duper duper coarse, right? And other sea salt is super fine. Sea salt's a really good finishing salt. Himalayan pink salt is also another really good finishing salt. Um, I would oh. never put Himalayan pink salt in pasta water. Like it, it, that is such a waste of such a beautiful, expensive product. I would use di- I use diamond kosher salt for cooking and for pasta water and and my like workhorse of a salt. And then I use a special French sea salt for certain finishes. I use, I have many salts. I use a pink Himalayan sea salt for, for certain finishes. And I also have like a straight up Mediterranean sea salt that I use for different things too. But, um, that's my two cents on that. So I think there's definitely a difference if a recipe is calling for uh, a certain salt, like sea salt versus kosher salt. If you have a salt you're really comfortable with that, you know how salty the salt is, then I'd say go for it. But um, I think like also cooking, you can get away with so much more than baking. You have to be so to the the T with what you're measuring, the things you're doing. The thing I like about cooking is when I finally kind of go back to my point of having a, a pan where I'm like, I'm not allowed to touch this. The moment I got over the cooking, like I have to go follow the rules. And I started just being like, I'm going to go, I'm going to start just messing around and make this my own thing. That's when I had a lot more fun. So with like the salt thing, I would say just, yeah, I think like the, yeah, like the, the, I think this, the situation you're in and knowing it, like making a mistake and be like, I use too much of this, or this is too coarse. Like, you'll know, like, I'd say just do it and learn from what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. just like, and then like do a little bit, like you can always move forward. You can't go backwards, you know, and salt, it's like, you can add a little bit more Yeah. as you go on. Yeah. And I would definitely stay away from table salt. Don't, yeah. Don't I stopped using it. that. My God. Fucking like, I won't even ago. like use, I don't even use that shit like ever. But when I'm going back to my point, going back to what I was talking about earlier when I'm eating food is that I definitely could see there's a lot of salt being used in this town because I'll wake up with like desert mouth and yeah. heart palpitations at like two in the morning. Yeah. Cause my God. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy hands. My heavy friend. hands, my friend in Raleigh, North Carolina, in Raleigh, the mm-hmm. best place. Okay. I saved this question specifically for you because you asked me this last week. Renee from Instagram writes, I'm new to the world of cooking. And I know this might seem like a very basic question, but how do I cook chicken on top of the stove and know when it's actually done? I'm worried about overcooking or undercooking it. Any advice? So I took your advice. So this goes back to the whole thermometer thing, which Mm -hmm. mine didn't really work because it stayed at like 75 degrees. (laughs) even when you put it inside the chicken yeah and i put it in and left it there that's why i was like how long do i keep this chair? that's why i kept asking you that but when i cut it it was fine i mean so i just did i treated it like a steak was it on celsius or fahrenheit 
think it was on Celsius. You want it on Fahrenheit. I don't think I, I don't know how to do it. It's like kind of a, a cheaper. It's like someone gave it to me. <laughs> I want to like, okay. see what 75 degrees Celsius. <laughs> yeah, actually, let me go get it. I'm going to show you. Hold on. This is going to be good. Yeah, that's perfect. So 75 degrees Celsius is 167 degrees Fahrenheit, which is exactly what you want your chicken to be, 165 degrees. So that's okay, so actually I had my, perfect. I couldn't, hear, I couldn't hear what you said. Um, okay, so, okay, so 75 degrees Celsius is actually 167 degrees Fahrenheit which is perfect because you want chicken oh. 165 degrees. So your meat thermometer worked. You're just okay. metric. Yeah. I see. I don't know how to change it. Cause it's like. Hit the button. I did. So Hold I just hit it. on and off. Doesn't it go beep? No, it just turns it on and off. Yeah. Know. It's just. So now, you know, know, 75 degrees is good for chicken. Okay. So that's yeah. Okay. So, so the way I cooked it, apparently I did it right. Yeah. Is if I do a steak and we talked about this last time, I'm yeah. like right now I took my steak out for tonight. I'll like, and I'll cook it around six. So mm -hmm. I mean, I give it like plenty of time to come room temperature with the chicken. I took it out of the fridge. <laughs> so an ungodly cold. amount of time to be room temperature. If you took it out. I usually like, like you know, leave it on the counter for three days. People. <laughs> you know, three, I, I want to be able to smell it from uh, my couch. Like, it smells ready flies to start circling no, around it yeah it's a thick piece of steak man um sure. I, I usually would take it like three but i was yeah, like yeah, yeah i'm probably gonna forget that um yeah. but with the chicken i took it out of the fridge and i thought and so i texted you and asked you that's that same question but what i saw is it was just someone said like five to seven minutes one side don't touch it five to seven minutes the other side mm -hmm. obviously you know to put oil down and then they said to put oil around the chick like uh rub it on the chicken on both sides and season it put on the pan five minutes, five to seven minutes, five to seven minutes, and then let sit for five minutes. So I pretty much did that. I just did six and six and let it sit for like six minutes. Yeah. Sound of the devil. Um, six, 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 six. <laughs> and, uh, and it came out and, and then it, it worked. So I think like back in the day and also with the heat, the temperature I had it on was like just a little bit below medium, maybe. And so it wasn't okay. super hot. What the way I used to totally fuck myself back in the day, when I was living with Courtney in Lake Hiawatha, who's an, uh, who's an awful, awful relationship. I like to dive into my personal life and out of it. Um, I would put it on high. Oh. So like when I started cooking, I'm like, oh, I have to, I keep burning things. I don't understand cooking because it has to be on high to cook. Never realizing that I was completely wrong. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, so bad. that would be, uh, then it'd just be pink on the inside and it was like raw and gross so oh geez yeah so i think you're you're you you've hit a lot of points a lot of important points and um i yeah i agree like so if you're cooking your chicken on top of the stove you just describe searing it you can sear it or you can poach it either way uh poaching it would just be getting putting it in a pot of water boiling it you could put aromatics in lemon garlic onion herbs and just let it poach in the water and temp it. Once it hits 165, it's done. You can pull it out, let it sit for about 10 minutes, shred it up, cut it, however you want to use it. I like to wait, shred wait, it. Real, wait, wait, well, sorry. I, I kind yeah. of I space out there for a second. So you just, you could put it in or like chicken stock or something or like bone yeah. broth. Oh, so yeah. if you did that and put it in that on the pan, in the pan with the liquid and the chicken for how long would it take Submerge to Submerge it. Um, I would, hmm. Depends on how thick the chicken is, but 10 minutes, maybe about the same oh, wow. amount of time, but that's like a set it and forget it thing where you can, and I wouldn't even bother using chicken stock or bone broth because unless you're going to use it in soup later, because what's going to happen is when you poach chicken, you might get a little like foamy bits from the, the fat from the chicken on top. And then uh -huh. a lot of times you don't want to use the residual liquid in, in the pot afterwards. You'd rather have oh. broth. So if you poach chicken, I would poach it with like either lemon, like I said, a clove of garlic, some onion, parsley, a whole stem of parsley. You don't even have to chop it up. You could chop up a piece of carrot, let it just poach, uh, submerge it all with liquid, let it boil, blip on the stove until you stick a thermometer in it and it says 165, pull it out. That could range anywhere from 
10 minutes to 15 minutes really just depends on. So you do you keep it high the whole time? The for whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try that. Yeah. And okay. then you pull it out and that's when you can shred it, put it back into soup. You can make, put put that into some bone broth or I shred it and I chill it and then put it on salad or rice or whatever, or I give it to, that's how Oliver likes to eat his chicken. Um, but anyway, so there's that. And then what you said was searing it on the stove. Exactly right. Uh, I would take it out about 20 minutes before you want to sear it again. It depends on the thickness of your chicken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, medium high heat, olive oil, let it, I would do medium high heat for four minutes in the pan, five minutes, put some oil in maybe crank depends on what pan you're using. Then maybe crank it down to medium. Or if you are using a sensitive pan, maybe medium, like you said, medium low, just really depends. Medium's probably as low as I would go. And then four to five minutes each side. If it flips easily, you know, you did it. And like, you get like a nice golden brown crust on it. If you go to flip it and it hasn't released itself from the pan, let it sit for another minute or two. And then it should release itself once it's ready to be flipped. If you flip too early, that means it you're probably going to get pieces of chicken stuck on the pan. All the good stuff, the brown stuff still stuck on the pan, which is what you want left on the chicken. And then let it rest, like you said, when you're done. So it's 165 again with your meat thermometer. 70 degrees Celsius. 75 degrees Celsius if you're um, Celsius. And then let it rest on your cutting board for about five minutes, six minutes, because you want, yeah, I see you. Oh, right on the back. Hmm. Yeah, to try that button. Look at that. Look at that up. Look at them apples. Um, <laughs> and let it rest on the cutting board for about six or seven minutes to let the juices redistribute into the chicken boob. And then slice See, That's yeah. again, this this goes to my point. I learned I learned something today. Uh I didn't know how to poach. I I didn't know how to to get make shredded chicken. It's so easy. I always think that cooking is and once I do it, I'm like. This is so simple. So simple. And it's it seems so confusing. I don't know why people think cooking is so confusing. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. Like yeah. I'm trying to eat because the personal trainer, uh Brett here Brett. in uh, Raleigh, uh, Oak City training. Um he wants me to eat more because I was doing because the Sean, Shawnee Sean Sean from Lanemeyer, he's like yeah. intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting. So when I do that, it doesn't really work. And and Brett's like, you gotta eat way more, man your body is going to starvation mode and holding on to shit yeah so i'm trying to find things to make for lunch and stuff like that so having shredded chicken just sit around i could take that out put on some stuff boom boom and the other thing with poaching is that you're using zero fat oh yes because there's no oil so it's a very very heart healthy low cal way and you can do shrimp that way you can do chicken you could do a turkey boob you can poach fish turkey boob yeah chicken boob turkey boobies turkey boobies um but yeah so so all all good things okay uh regina from colorado writes is it true that i should be looking for wild caught fish versus farm raised does it really matter yeah i mean this is a tough question this is a really tough question i've always heard yeah um i don't really research that i mean like christ you fucking search to the depths of the world for spices i just go and just pick them off the fucking shelf (laughs) i do i do well (laughs) like for example the easy one would be like shrimp i would really challenge everyone to eat wild caught shrimp do not get farm raised shrimp and because there's a lot of reasons why but beyond health conscious reasons there is a huge 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 issue with slave labor in Thailand and other areas for, and there's horror stories about it of shrimping boats. So it, I would definitely, uh, beyond the pens that these little shrimpies are in and other things, I would definitely challenge you to spend the money and eat wild caught shrimp. But again, the other, the other problem is that, even with eating wild caught things like shrimp, there is a ton of pollution and plastics and, and a lot of shit in our oceans. We are really truly screwing up our ecosystem on a massive magnitude. And I'm not trying to preach, I'm just stating facts. I'm not Joe Rogan. And uh, 
no misinformation here. People, and, people, everyone's leaving Spotify. Yep. I'm not on Spotify and I don't pay for it. So, uh, I, well, my podcast is on Spotify, but yeah. I, but like, whatever, I, I still don't subscribe to Spotify. So I would say whatever you're eating, I would limit the amount of fish, shellfish, all of those things anyway, but wild caught historically, especially with shrimp, for example, is better for you for a lot of reasons. They have these huge open ocean pens now for things like salmon, for example, and other big wild or other big farm raised fish, cod, things like that. The problem is that they're still feeding these fish pellets, right? So for example, with salmon, if it's in an open ocean pen, they're still feeding, they're still in this, they're still feeding them the pellets that are providing certain nutrients that wild salmon don't have. So you're getting better, some, some better nutrients from farm raised open ocean pen salmon that you wouldn't necessarily get from wild salmon. But the problem is you're also getting things like potentially antibiotics from farm raised fish that they have to give these fish because they're still, even though they're in the open ocean, they're still in a pen together. So they have to give these fish antibiotics. That's what I mean. This is a really tough multi-layered question. We're not really set up in a healthy way. It's like almost like you have to walk your ass to Alaska, sit there and fucking fish in a river and catch yourself salmon. Right. So she's in Colorado. So being in Colorado, because what my answer to this really is, I would try very hard to eat locally sustainably caught fish, right? So I live in New England. I don't live in a landlocked state. I have the luxury and the privilege to go to a local fish market where I know the person is like one degree of a person away from me who caught the fish. So like we're playing seven degrees of Kevin Bacon here. So yeah. with- We want Kevin Bacon catching yeah, obviously. fish. Obviously. That's what we want. So if you, I'm sure if we figured it out, like River Wild- then he was in a movie with, I think he was in the movie River Wild. I'm two, actually. I think I'm two or three away from him, by the way, but we're really good enough. Carolina Cooker. So many things we just touched right now. That's the so uh, skillet. Okay, um, great. Yeah, so, we'll but fishing. back to that. Colorado, great, back to fishing, local. Colorado. So with, with Colorado, I mean, you're, I would get trout, things that are caught in the streams in Colorado before yeah. you're buying things that you're paying. Lobster. One, a plane ticket for to get it shipped to you and two, you know, I mean, same thing in Raleigh, like you're not landlocked, but you're not directly on the coast, but you have access to fish. Yeah. There's locals. There's literally a, a seafood place called local seafood and they just go back and forth the coast yeah. and just bring it's amazing. Yeah. So I would challenge people to eat seafood in that way. And also same thing with meat. Like it's better to, not eat it in it shouldn't be every meal at all times like it should be moderation and you know vegetables should be a larger part of your diet i mean there's a lot of shoulds but uh you do you just learn just yeah i'm not a dietitian or a doctor yeah Um, and don't leave fish on the counter like for four hours no uh, like your temperature no (laughs) okay last question um, Annabelle from Instagram writes, I know this isn't a cooking question, but I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I'm not sure where to start or begin. I just have an idea. Is there anything that I should know before I get this going? Yeah. Yeah. So I could definitely answer this because I have two podcasts. One mm-hmm. is my daily bread podcast for my comic where I just talk by myself. And the other one, I have a punk podcast called this was the scenes, but the late nineties punk scene. It's pretty great. Um, that one is an interview. So the two different podcasts, like one is me talking to, to myself and that's way easier to produce quote air quotes, produce and upload. And then the interview thing depends if you want to go that route. My biggest thing I tell everybody, even in business in general is make it as niche as possible because, um, there's always an audience and there's a great, there's a big audience for something that's very specific. So if this so this podcast is about like food adventure. It's about like food specifically. So you're going to bring in foodies. If you just talk strictly about fish, 
that's super niche down. If you talk specifically just about salmon, I mean, you see where I'm going. You're going like layers down. So I'd say, A, well, I'd ask yourself, like, why do you want to do the podcast? But B, it's a lot of freaking time. And if you know audio stuff, then that's going to work in your favor. If you don't, that's going to be the biggest amount of time suck. The amount of financial gain uh, depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. I actually don't, I make like 75 bucks a month through a Patreon on my, my punk one. And I, I get it like an average of, like I just hit 170,000 downloads in four years. So to give you an idea, right? It's, but I make 75 bucks a month on a Patreon and I pay $45 for the uploading it to Libsyn. So you can see where you can have a good amount of downloads and shit like that, but that's not really where I'm making money. But I also say I have an animation company, drivee.com, D-R-I-V-E-8-0, D-R-I-V-E-8-0, D-R-I-V-E-8-0.com. And I mentioned that in the podcast, but I'm giving myself a commercial before I get into the interview. And that has actually led to getting a project. Actually, yeah, just like two projects. Um, and Decent one size of them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like one, I mean, I got like, like a good amount of fucking money from it. Mm-hmm. And so, but if I did that over four years, it, it still doesn't really pay for itself. Um, but it's fun. And I got, I get to meet all these bands that I used to love back in the day. So I get that out of it. Technically, I know I'm, I'm not like maybe really answering the question, but the thing you got to think about is how are you going to record it? How are you going to edit it? Where are you going to host it? So the easiest thing would use, be use Anchor. It's like anchor.fm and you could talk to your phone and it'll upload for free. I think free. Uh, mm-hmm. to a cloud but then it's like they have the content mm-hmm. so it's that's a good way to start and try it i wouldn't overthink it you know um like my headset that i'm wearing right now i think i paid 65 bucks for this thing five years ago or six years ago headsets have and you probably hear it too when i move there's like a crinkling and that gets picked mm-hmm. up by the mic mm-hmm. so when i'm doing a double track with another interview or you interviewee or person I'm talking to mm-hmm. that I'll cut my track out. Cause I also know Adobe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, you just have to just start it and see if you like it. It's because yeah. all the questions get answered the moment you start. Cause you'd be like, okay, cool. I recorded this. How do I record it? You could have a Mac, you could download QuickTime and do audio and record yourself talking. But let's say you, you listen back and you're like, Oh, that sounds awful. It's because you didn't use a mic. Okay. Well, right. oh, now I need to get a mic. Right. Where am I going to upload this? Oh, I need to figure that out. I can go to Libsyn. I can go to Anchor FM. So, okay, now that's up there. Oh, I need to edit it. How do I do that? So it, it just answers. It's it's a lot, a it lot is. of time. One episode for me is five hours about for at four, three to five hours. It'll take me just to edit. And that yeah. wasn't setting up the interview, doing the interview, doing the teasers and all this shit. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, I leaned on you a lot when I started this podcast last year and I think from my view, I didn't know anything about recording. I didn't know anything about sound engineering or producing or anything. And it was a real, I jumped out of the the airplane and I was building the parachute as I was falling and fuck, I still am and, and doing amazing at it. It's, it's so much fun. I'm building the plane too. Like I'm building anything, anything and everything. <laughs> right. Um, and the snacks as I'm falling down too. But I yeah. think it depends in a way I've, I've seen, so I listened to a lot of podcasts before I even started recording a podcast. So I knew what I liked and what I didn't like from even just listening to people's podcasts. And so I think it's finding, and now my mic, is that my mic that's jumping? That's like, no. Okay, great. No, it's me when I move my head. Okay, great. You, you can you can hear it, yeah. Perfect. So I think it's figuring out what you like and don't like from a podcast in general, how, how serious you are about doing this because if you are just doing it just to vent out in the world, great, that's, that's then Anchor or something like that, very different. If you're looking to turn this into something more and maybe this is a career shift, maybe this is uh, evergreen content that you're doing in addition to something you're already doing and you need it to be a little more polished, then I would invest in certain things like a good microphone that, I mean, I have a blue Yeti that I got for a hundred bucks, not super expensive. My headset, 20 bucks that I plug into the the Yeti that I got from Amazon. Um, I use garage what? band. 
to edit. And actually, and real quick too, I have a headset because I like to move around. Yeah. Um, and I also, I, when I do interviews in the beginning, I would be taking my MacBook to like my co-working space or like I wouldn't, I didn't have a studio for it. Right. So I could take it wherever I go and I could put the headset in and talk like you have an office yeah. and the microphone is stationary. Yeah. Right. So right. when I move, when I'm moving around like this, like it's still, I'm inches away from the mic. You can hear it. If you move your head back, it's going to sound like you're yeah, it's, now my head's way back. Right. Exactly. Right. So I think it's, it's exactly figuring out how you want designing, how you're envisioning your day or flowing yeah. with this podcast. I think, um, don't get discouraged. If this is something you really want to do, the first episode took me a week between figuring out how to record it, editing it. I mean, like a week out, like 40 some odd, 50 some odd hours of a solid week of trying to really figure this out. Now, like Doyle, I've gotten this down to a science where I can do an episode in a few hours, depending on how long they are. But make you no picked mis- it up so fast. Well, too. I, was, I was not surprised, but I was very impressed. Yeah. I, again, make no mistake. I do an episode a week in addition to a full time business that I own and run. And it still takes 20 hours a week to get a guest, you know, the emails back and forth, a discovery call then the interview, then editing, then doing the fucking show notes, then on top of everything else. So it's, and that's, that's a solid 20 hours a week that, that you can define saying I'm just doing for this podcast on top of 50 or 60 plus hours a week I'm doing on my regular business. So you, if you're really going to do this and really do it successfully, it, it's no joke. Like this is not something that you snap your fingers and it magically happens. Like, like for you with the punk podcast, that takes a lot of time, emails back and forth to bands. The editing alone takes hours because those interviews are no joke. Some of them are hours long. And then the teasers Uh, and everything else. I mean, it's, it's, I can't, I've canned some things. Like I have a teaser template that I create actually just put in the the comments or in in our chat. I I made a, PDF. It's like how to make a podcast. Cool. So it's on my website. You could download that and yeah. it gives you what the specifics are. But it even in. comes down to is when you have a guest, if you do an interview style, you want to make sure that you have two tracks being recorded. Yeah. Because if it's one track and you're talking and they're talking, you might want to cut your own voice out. And if it's blended together, you can't do anything. Biggest thing is that people, and I've probably done it a bunch of times in this, is people love to say, um, like, so, um, you know, uh-huh. you know, you know. And it gets super fucking annoying. So I, that's why I spend three to five hours editing because all I'm doing is cutting out them saying that shit yeah. and closing the audio on each other as if they speak completely perfectly. So there's that nuance. But the the daily bread one that I do, I just pop in my headset. I hit record on my quick time and I just talk and I'll give myself like 15, 20 minutes. And it's just me off the cuff talking about my life or a story or what I'm doing for that week. And then that one doesn't take me that long because I, I'll take the file, put into Premiere. I'll take a snippet of what I said later on in the pot thing, put that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I have a song from my old band that leads into it. So it's, it's still, it's still a lot, but that I could bust one of those out pretty quickly, like maybe 40 minutes tops with the recording and editing and then yeah. uploading it. Right. Um, but you also, it's like, what are you talking about? Are you super stoked on it? And again, the more niche down, like yeah. for me, my podcast, the other one was about the late 90s New Jersey punk scene. Right. It's so specific that people who loved it, like lost their fucking minds. And the ones that had no idea what it was, they're like, why would I listen to it? I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally like agree. Create that, create that polarizer, that separation of someone being, I have to listen to this to why the fuck would I want to listen to that? Like that to me seems like, Personally, if I get that when I'm doing something, I know I've like nailed it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And like we kind of said at the top of the question, Doyle uses certain things. I have a MacBook that I'm recording on. So like I said, I edit in GarageBand. It's free. I'm not great at editing, but it does what I need to do. You can definitely then push it into Premiere and mix it better probably and add compression to the vocals that would sound a hell of a lot better than what I'm doing. I I don't even pay for a plugin to do that. 
There's a um, thing in GarageBand you could drag it onto an audio that gives it a compression. Does it sound? Yeah, See, I'm learning a, something new. Yeah, there's like a podcast setting. I All believe right. if you click on that, it'll add like it'll make it sound a brighter. More compression. Okay. Yeah, you just Google that and it should be I'm like, old. yeah, you click this. Girl, I'm googling. That's compression, right. band. But that's what I mean. Like the other, the other part of this whole entire thing is, don't, don't hesitate in asking questions like you just asked me on this yeah. podcast. Go to some of your other favorite podcasts and ask those hosts, because you're gonna get. A thousand different answers asking a thousand different podcast hosts. I still think it's a great medium. I think it is a very small investment in terms of money. Um, when you look at the RSS feed hosting, like you use Lipson, I use RSS.com. I pay a hundred dollars a year for unlimited storage and wow, it works well for me because, uh, these things are very big in size. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, think about the, the frequency. You also need to think about how you're going to promote it. Are you promoting it on Instagram? How are you, how are you getting it out there into the world? Like, where are you also promoting now with whatever you're doing? Um, to that point, the thing that got me to start mine is when I was in, I'm in a New Jersey punk rock Facebook group that's been mm-hmm. around for now, like 12 years, 13 Ever. years. Yeah. And I posed a question, Hey, if I did this, would any of you listen? And I got a lot of people saying yes. Now when it's, I've said this before, like when it's free, you're going to have more percentage that are probably going to do it, especially since it's so specific. And I had an audience that was already to listen. So I figured if I got like 40 people to listen on the first one, that was pretty good. I think the first day I launched I got like 150 or 200 downloads because That's huge. That's huge. there were people waiting. If I yeah. had to have them pay for it, I probably would have had people say sure and maybe had one. Yeah. So free versus paying and asking people. Yeah. It's a, who's going to show up for either. You're going to have more for free and less for paying. Right. If it's in the beginning. Yeah. And like you do, Doyle does it. I do it. Like I, we both have our own businesses. I use it as a way to, you know, promote my own business as you do too at the top. And yeah it's evergreen content. And I enjoy doing this. You enjoy doing yours and we find joy in what we're doing because it does take time. So that being said, like Annabelle, go for it. Like, yeah. And definitely do it. Do it. it. Yeah. And it might crash and burn. It might not, but ask the questions, get out there and try it. Because if you don't try it, you don't, you don't know you're, you're getting a nudge from somewhere out there, whatever you might believe in to do it. So I would say fucking do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Just do it the easiest, the easiest thing. Like ask yourself how quickly I always go for how quickly can I put it up and then later on advance on it. Mm-hmm. Um, be like, if I want to get this up by this week, what would I need to do to make that happen? And you're going to find the shorter path. Yeah. Um, and then you could try it or just record yourself talking on QuickTime open your laptop, download QuickTime for free, talk about something for 15 minutes and listen back to it and be like, okay, that was free. I did it. What, what is my brain firing off for me to do right now? Yeah. And the first time you do it, you're nervous. It's embarrassing. Uh, mm-hmm. I know people that say, oh my God, I listened, I listened to your podcast today. I started with the first one. I'm like, oh God, why? Like, don't start with the first one. Start with the last one I just did. I like your band. I started with the, uh, I started with the demos today. Like, no, you start with the latest album. Yeah. You start with the latest album. Work backwards, man. Like, no. So um, don't be embarrassed and, and go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. That's my advice. And that's do um, it. Do it. All right. So, um, what are you cooking right now at home? Me at the moment? Yeah. Nothing. I'm talking to you. Oh my God. <laughs> I meant in general. <laughs> Dinkus. Uh, I mean, steaks is always my favorite. Um, yeah. what are you going to make with your steak tonight? I always put on salad. So the salad, I talked about this last time. It's just like spring mix, uh, cherry tomatoes, cucumber, mm-hmm. broccoli, and everything's raw. And then the seas, the dressing that I do is Himalayan sea salt, ground pepper, garlic or onion powder, turmeric. I used to do 
like oregano. I would just pile the shit on for some reason. Tastes good. And then I do apple cider vinegar. Maybe if I was measuring it, it would be two tablespoons, two teaspoons, maybe. Yeah, like it's very a splash. It, yeah, a little bit. And then I do like, like I'll hold my olive oil upside down, just be like once around or twice around. And then, then I take tongs, which would be the gadget that I have. Yep. Yep. And yep. I would tong that shit up and tong then I have the steak on top. Yeah. But I love getting the steak with the bone in because it's just so good to just like cut, cut everything off the bone, then start with the bone and eat it. Yeah. While I'm watching, while I'm and watching then what Ozark. do you do? I remember when I came to your apartment a few months this, this spring and I opened your freezer to get ice for a cocktail. And I was like, <laughs> so what do you do with the bones when you're done gnawing on them, Michael? I keep them. I put them in my freezer and then I have them around. I was, I started doing that with steak. Yeah. You'd be surprised of how quickly those, those fucking bones add up. It looks like I have a dead person in my freezer. It does. You're like Dexter in the freezer. Like, what are you going to. So you make bone broth. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take that and I'll put it into a slow cooker for 24 hours and I'll just fill. I'll make sure I have enough that fills like a shopping bag, a plastic shopping bag. Cause I started putting them in there now. Cause I had uh, people over for Christmas and new year's for party. And I didn't yeah. want people to open in my freezer and be like, Oh my Same God, gonna die. Yeah. he's going to murder us. And <laughs> the beef broth though. Um, I wasn't a big fan. It's very fatty. Yeah, it was. And it didn't taste great. So I have these jars of shit. Um, Do you want me to give you a little yeah. tip? So if you take those sure. bones and, uh, rub them with maybe some, some herbs, whatever you like, or not salt and pepper, and then some tomato paste and roast them in the oven, pull them out of the oven, then make your broth with them. You're going to get a ton more flavor and it's going to roast off some of the fat. Oh shit. Yeah. How about, would that work the same? I guess with chicken bones. Yeah. Roasting them. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's yeah. I mean, chicken, the chicken broth I make is good. I mean, the, yeah. the chicken bone broth is really good. I do yeah. the same thing. Just put it in water and sea salt and let it sit for 24 hours. Um, that tastes really good, but. Give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a shot with the beef. If you already like the way yeah. you're doing chicken, I wouldn't switch that up, but give it a shot with the beef and see. How long would I put it in the, I mean, it's frozen too. So I take it out. It's frozen solid. So yeah. Would I let it get room temperature or. Mm, yeah. I mean, I probably. Well, the water would, would cook off. Yeah, because you'd want them to be individually. Now I'm picturing them in a grocery bag tied up in a ball. So you kind of yeah. want them to be like able to be put on a cookie sheet laid out yeah. flat. And so you want like I would take, I don't know, garlic, chop up some garlic, some salt and pepper, uh, some tomato paste, not a ton, just a little and some olive oil or something and then just you know, and rub them all together and then into the oven for, you could try it for an hour. I'll send you a recipe. And then okay. what's, what temperature? 350. Yeah. Okay. And then just pull them out, flip them over, put them back in. I mean, just keep your eye on it. And I wouldn't like, it's not like a total set it and forget it thing, but like, and then I would pull it out at the end, pop them in your slow cooker add some water. Yeah. That sounds cool. See how it goes. It'll de- the, the point of it is, is to deepen the beefy flavor of. Yeah. Well, it's like what I did. Uh, if I did like a pork, butt, I didn't realize about how essential browning was before you put it in a slow yeah, cooker. It's big. Holy crap. I mean, it's like night and day game changer. Yeah. If you just game put it in without doing that, it just tastes like just bland and nothing. It's yeah. Kind of gross. Yeah. Um, is there anything new that you've eaten recently that you've totally fallen in love with? Smoked <sighs> cheese queso. That was pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, no. Anything I you mean, drank I, recently that you fell in love with that you'd like to talk about? There's a Pilsner that I bought. Oh, there's a, so there's a new anthem. I got to bust out in a second, but um, new anthem mm-hmm. brewery or is it new anthem something it's based in Wilmington, North Carolina. Their beers are fantastic. And I just had like a, a light German beer they made mm. yesterday. Holy shit. It's like a Deutsch beer is the way it's You're like a Deutsch. You're a Deutsch beer. <laughs> I had to. I had to. So great. That okay. was that was really good. Um yeah, I'd say if you do live in the Raleigh area, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how far this I mean, this is all 
posted all around the world. Yeah, um, we do well I in Ireland. Big in Sheboygan, very yeah, big, Sheboygan. <laughs> very big in Sheboygan. Uh, I'd say one of the best cocktail places around here, and the best line, like beer lines, where their beer comes out really good on tap, is the Longleaf Hotel. Oh. They have this cool. They redid this old like Holiday Inn or Days Inn like motel and made it this boutique um, hotel like you know or mode. I don't even, I think it's a hotel because it's it's two stories. So I don't know if it's a motel or hotel, but it's super cool. Holiday have, Inn. That's how that song goes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And there's this bar, but the bar looks like it's from the fucking seventies. You know, it's like one of those madman style like looking places, but they uh. It's really good. So I had mm. very good cocktails there since you're asking that question. I did. No, I appreciate that. Okay, awesome. So promote yourself. How can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, if you need an explainer animation, you go to drive80.com, D-R-I-V-E-8-0. I also do Instagram stickers for realtors. So you can have your face on Instagram uh, in the story section. You can find them there. So if you have them, if I up create them and upload them, you can find them in Instagram stories, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook. They're all searchable so if you're a realtor it's good because you might have for sale and then you have your logo pop up so other realtors aren't stealing them and then i have a comic called daily bread you can go on instagram it's your daily bread b-r-e-d and i do i've been drawing every day and posting it for over four years and then i this was the scene is the podcast of the late 90s early 2000 punk scene some of the interviews i've done have been with uh, let's see the blue meanies, sunny day, real estate, less than Jake, say anything, glory, say anything. It's did Max Bemis. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Insane. It's such a good interview. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And yeah. there's like, it's, I'm, I'm just doing episode 164 is launching this week. Whew. Four years. It'll be March 22nd. It'll be four years since I've been doing that. Amazing. Apparently. Amazing. Yeah. So this is, I thought about the other day too, like drive 80, mm-hmm. Now it's on 11 years, almost 11 years of doing that. The comics over four years. And then the podcast, the punk podcast is almost four years. It's like, Jesus. Where man. does the time go, man? But yet Crazy. we don't age. But yet we don't age. Okay. Exactly. If COVID wasn't a thing, you had all the money in the world. Where are you going and what are you eating? I always ask that. I do. <laughs> like you didn't think I was going to ask you. <laughs> and then you've got to go to your trainers. You might just a poached chicken breast. I know, right? <laughs> Oh man. I mean, I, I say this all the time. I'm not a big fan of flying, I but, know, I know. uh, I mean, COVID isn't a thing. It's not real anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Joe Rogan. So, uh, if you I'm weren't kidding. afraid of flying and you had all the money in the world, where are you going? We can cut out the pause here. I don't know, man. I don't, oh, I don't no, the like pause have, is saying the pause is going to, I don't have this, like, like I said, I don't have this like big pole to go and fly around the world. Um, okay. Yeah. So I know I'm like the worst. I mean, I answered it before. I'd be no, like, go to let's Jersey try it again. Let's try it again. Okay. Okay. So you don't, I like- would actually, okay. I think the last time I said I'd go to Hoboken and get a sandwich from Vito's. Did I say that last time? You or said I said I would go to Spain you've been here a handful. You've been to Spain. You've eaten. I think you went and got a Taylor hammock and cheese at yeah. one point. So, okay. Know, how man. about this? Wait, let me rephrase it for you. If, yeah. You could go back in time and eat anything with anyone. What would it be and who would you eat it with? Back in time, like my time or before I was. Ex- I this is your fantasy. So I really it's up to you. Um, honestly, see, they, this is you could probably edit this. I mean, I really enjoyed when we went to. Um, when we were really hungover and we went to that Chinese restaurant after yeah, we left your mom's super fun. Yeah. That, I like that was, that was so much fun. That was um, so much fun. Yeah. I thought you would say that again, same area that you would go to Lynn and get a sub from. That's my dad, Angelina. Yeah. That, Angelina's that's my dad's and, jam. Yeah. And eat it with your dad. Oh, right, now you're just making me sad. <laughs> 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 oh um, my yeah. god <laughs> yeah th- yeah 
I, I mean, it, my sister loves, like Mel loves Angelina's. I like yeah. it. I, I've never been blown away by it. I'm no, it's just spending off. time with somebody you love. Um, but okay, yeah. no, I like I liked your your first dance. You involved me, so I'll take that as a win. Yeah, that was fun because we we because Beth's mom has Squid Fest, and we yep. got really drunk that weekend because all you do is just drink wine, yeah. a lot of wine, lot and of wine. we were so hungover and went to uh, the Moon on Route One and Cal the Kowloon on Route One in Saugus. I always find it funny. I don't know if you're you're probably not a Barstool fan, but Dave Portnoy, he's from Swampscott, and uh-huh. he has like a Calhoun shirt on when he does his pizza reviews sometimes, of course. Um, which is just hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, that was like at top of my. Oh no! Okay, there we fine. go. Szechuan oh. two. Oh, Szechuan Garden number two in Woburn. Holy Woo! shit! Yes, I would. I'd go and- with Rand bartending behind the bar and just. Killing it with cocktails. That was that was that, really that good. yeah. Back in the day too. Yeah. Now he has like a whole. Oh man, that guy is huge, huge. Really? Yeah, oh. wasn't he on a cooking show or something? No, or... he was the number one bartender in the world for a hot it. minute through GQ magazine, and then now he's opening restaurants. He's got. I think we talked about this last time yeah, too. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's such an amazing human, and I just love. I love that I got to see his evolution from like the the beginning to where he is now it's he's he's been crushing it for a long time again Crazy. someone who saw a niche and then just went head over heels for it and didn't stop like the determination of that guy amazing amazing all right dude i know you got to go with your trainer i love yeah, you I to pieces Me too man and i will talk to you very soon all right bye, bye. mike Mikey, he likes it. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love you. It's always a pleasure to spend any amount of time with you. And I know everyone else enjoys your company as well. How could they not? I will link all of Mike's information in the show notes. Make sure to take take time and check out his two podcasts. I will link them in the show notes. And if you need an animation, go to his website, drive80.com guys thank you so much for all of your questions i have put everything together for you in the show notes i love the word show notes how many times can i say it in this outro go to my website for everything elizabethrfuller.com tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure it's a lot of information coming at you quick and if you have any questions send me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com all right Make some yummy food together this weekend. Lead with kindness, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye!